From the Rodney Kieferi Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Miguez talks to us about how he's been able to create a great weight room culture at a high school after years as a collegiate strength and conditioning coach, the differences and similarities between the high school athlete and the collegiate athlete, and the importance of making it big where you're at. All of this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Brett Miguez. Coach Miguez is the Director of Strength and Conditioning at Walker High School in Walker, Louisiana. And prior to this, he was the Director of Strength and Conditioning at Abilene Christian, Head Strength and Conditioning Coach at South Dakota School of Mines. He also had stops at Colorado College, United States Air Force Academy, then NSCA, Northwest Missouri State, UMass, and Milton Academy. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Good morning. How you doing, Coach? Doing great. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your role at Walker? Yeah, so uh, this is really my first time, I guess, in high school, uh, with the exception of Milton Academy there. I was just primarily a coach. But being employed at Walker, um, I'm required to teach classes uh, to high school students. Um, I also do uh, the weight room activities, training the sport teams. Um, and then last year, I uh, was a cornerback coach, so that was something unique for me, um, being on the football staff. So really, I've taken a few different roles uh, being here at Walker within my two years. How has it been, you know, going from the collegiate realm to the high school realm? And I, I know I hear a lot of coaches saying that the big push is going to be in the high school realm because there's more high schools and more opportunity to, you know, help athletes. You know, how has that been for you? Yeah, 
I mean, to be completely honest, man, I think most of it was a mental thing for me because I think going through college, my education, my internships, never once did I say, you know, my end game was to be a high school strength coach. And I don't, I mean, not saying it's a bad thing, but I don't know many people that that's their end goal. So uh, when I got out of NCAA and was looking for a job and I had an opportunity at this high school, um, it was really more the mental thing of being willing to accept, hey, I'm going to go to the high school level. And it was kind of funny to me because the thing I kept coming back to was, uh, you know, I want to be a strength coach. I don't care where it's at, but I want to be a strength coach. So it shouldn't really matter if it was high school or college or or whatever. I just knew I didn't want to be in a private sector. I wanted to train athletes in a, in a group setting. Um, and that was kind of my thing. So, you know, coming to high school, uh, what me teaching. So, I mean, my hours are set. That uh, it's a little bit different in college where you're there all day long. So, um, you know, I get there in the morning, 630 school starts at 725 um, there in the afternoon for football practice, some weightlifting. But I'm usually done by five, um, 530. So it's just a little bit different. I'm still there on the weekends and that. But, you know, now my time spent grading papers or uploading assignments. We have a lot of uh, online teaching. I actually teach, uh, it's called fitness for life. Pretty cool class. Uh, I laugh at my students. I tell them it's the only class that has four life in it. So I'm actually teaching them life skills. Uh, so I've, it's kind of become an exclusive class where kids are like, you know, trying to get into it and it's capped on so many students. So, um, it's really been fun on that aspect too, that I'm not only, uh, embodied with the student athletes, I get to actually meet some of our regular students on campus. Um, I have to do lunch duty. So I'm meeting kids there. So it's just different, you know, it's different than, than waking up, going to weight room, going to practice, only talking to sport coaches, you know, uh, I'm meeting teachers. Uh, it's just a completely different setting, uh, which is just, like I said, it's a mental thing of being a little more open to that and being willing to adapt yourself and, and understand it's not just coaching anymore. It's a little bit more of teaching and, and networking and, you know, hanging out with math teachers, English teachers, it's, you know. Definitely. And, and I've always wondered, because when I get an athlete in my weight room who's a freshman who has had a quality strength coach in their high school or maybe it was a private sector or most likely had in their high school, it shows because they're able to get back in there and get with the returners and, they're very, they have, you know, a more advanced lifting age and the techniques on point. How do you go about and program for a high schooler? Cause I know I have a block zero for first years or transfers and they're grown adults. We're trying to teach them how to do stuff, but how does it work? And how do you go about programming and, and periodization for the high school athlete? Sure. I mean, let's be honest. I, I think most kids, unless we're at I mean, a power five, they aren't strong enough. Uh, so really, I didn't see, you know, coming from South Dakota Mines, Abilene Christian, we did have some freak athletes, especially some skill kids. So there was a lot more maybe advanced programming or progressions that I was able to do. But I mean, I was running a one by 20 in college, like with college kids. So like, how can you get any basic than a one by 20, you know? Um, so I don't really, There's there's been some changes, but I mean, I think you'd be shocked uh, with some of the progressions that I've gotten our kids to um, and some of the things that I'm doing with them, especially in a high school level. But I am in a 5A school. I mean, I have kids jumping a 36 inch vert. 
I mean, I have a five-star, uh, four-star receiver that Nick Saban's been on campus three times since I've been there. Uh, so we, we have dudes, you know, and even our female athletes. I mean, yesterday I was at a signing party for one of our softball girls. Um, and we have softball girls cleaning 135. You know, I have women's basketball girls deadlifting 315. So it's not like I've been lucky, so to say. Now, granted, when I came in with football, like – our football team, we don't snatch at, we don't jerk. You know, I'm just teaching them how to pull from the floor, really. Uh, we do a lot of hand cleaning from from the uh, safety arm. So, like, I am teaching them basics. But what I've really done was I just said, hey, guys, we're going to squat. We have hex bars. We're going to deadlift. Um, corona kind of put a little curveball in, in some of the training. But we have enough bands. Uh, we have med balls. We do a lot of PVC pipe uh, stuff. So, like, there wasn't much really, Isaiah. Uh, I like to do a lot of jumping stuff. So there are only a few of my teams actually do Olympic lifts. We do a lot of jumping um, and, and sprinting. We do a lot of sprinting and uh, I guess acceleration, first step development type of stuff. So I've just put my money in a basket of, hey, we're going to jump a lot. We're going to sprint a lot. Um, and I know I can keep my kids safe at least doing that. And then I'll slowly kind of turn it up in a weight room on them. And uh, we've had success. Nice. And but I mean, how many racks do you guys have there? So we have 20 racks and uh, I mean, we have about 4000 square feet and our weight room opens right up. I mean, it's probably maybe a 20 yard jog to the football field, which is a turf field. Uh, we have two basketball gyms that I have access to, um, which aren't that far either. So, I mean, as far as facilities, like we have 20 hex bars, we have over 50 med balls. So every kid I was. You know, we bought now we'll say our principal when I came in, our principal and football coach, we and, and all our sport teams, because they've been putting in money. I don't have a budget. Uh, so, I mean, you got to be creative. I framed it. Hey, with Corona, how I we did not use dumbbells. So instead of using dumbbells, we use bands. So, I, you know, I spent maybe fifteen hundred dollars and called uh, Joe Quinlan, you know, one of my mentor coaches and uh, got bands from him. So every rack has every color band. So our kids never left our racks and we have open space where I can still have kids six feet apart. We could still do our jumping. We still went to the field and did our sprinting. So honestly, man, we didn't lose a beat. We had 20 kids in that weight room at a time. We went 30 minutes and, and we just rolled. Do you separate your groups? I, I know you're at a huge public high school. So I imagine the football team's easily over a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and we have, you know, you have varsity JV, you have freshmen. So, um, and then on top of that, I mean, now that I've shown up my first year, I had volleyball and I had softball buy in to working out, but I was hired through the football staff. So I was a football coach. I mean, like I'm watching film, I'm cutting film, dude. I'm cornerback coach out there, like oh, yeah. not doing much different than a strength coach on the sideline, just jumping up and down and having fun. And, but like, yeah, so I transitioned from that this year to more of a, I wouldn't say full-time strength coach because I'm still involved heavily with football, um, which is my primary role. Uh, but I, now I have women's basketball. I have men's basketball. I have women's soccer. I have baseball. Um, so now I'm flowing more teams. I had track for a little bit coming through. So with football, we broke them up. Uh, I tried to break them up, man, bigs and smalls. Um, 
I, I like to train my big guys different than my skill guys. And the first school I had an opportunity to do that was at Abilene Christian. Uh, was able to hire a buddy of mine and he came in, he was a power lifter kind of dude. And, you know, we trained the bigs and, and I like to stay on the field and do more of the speed work and that. So I, I trained the small. So I found that to be successful. The programming's not much different, but what group starts in the field versus what group starts in the weight room, big guys don't want to do conditioning and then come to the weight room and lift after. So like skill guys can do our running and still handle the weight room. Um, so little tweaks like that or sets and reps, or, you know, we're going to power clean more squat more, you know, with this group versus that group, my big guys aren't doing the single leg explosive jumpings that I'm doing with my skill guys. So that's how I separated there. Most of my female athletes, man, I'll be honest with you, are doing the same program. Soccer's doing tweaks. They have a little more neck work, you know. Um, I'm not doing so much upper body with them right now because they're just getting in the weight room. I'm focusing more on their lower body conditioning, core. So, like, there's little tweaks, but, you know, my baseball team, like, they do – what do they do different in softball? Uh, Baseball jumps, softball cleans. Why? Because softball can't jump well. Baseball, like, I have – man, we probably have – 10, 12 kids out of 40 that can jump over 30. So like I'm jumping those kids. I don't need to, to clean them, you know? So like there's just little tweaks there. Uh, but if I needed to bring the volleyball team and softball team in together, I could train them together and feel confident that the same program, I mean, it's high school, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not like I'm far off at Nebraska and I'm training some crazy volleyball team and, yeah. you know, we're doing these other things. So no, that that's awesome. And what, what would you say, I guess is the big thing. Cause it sounds like you, I mean, you're a competent enough strength coach where you're like, look, it's not much different from what I was doing in the collegiate round. It might just look a little different or might be a little lighter, but there's no reason why a high school athlete can learn, you know, to pull from the floor, learn how to do a power Dude, clean or learn how to jump. Yeah. And so what would you say is the one thing that you're like, all right, this is the one difference between the high school athlete and the collegiate athlete as far as your programming? Honestly, I would say it's it's the other stuff, man. It's nutrition and hydration and sleep. Yeah, I wouldn't say because even in college, man, like everybody's squatting, everybody's rear foot, everybody's Olympic lifting, you know, and it might be I'm not an Olympic guy. I'm not a powerlifting guy. I'm not. I mean, I'm not that big, you know, so like that's not my forte. So I can't say we have an Olympic lifting program and I'm coming to high school and I'm having trouble teaching kids how to snatch. So like we're doing the basic nuts and bolts as far as the weight room. But what sets you apart, even in college, is are you providing nutrition? Are the kids hydrating and are they sleeping? Well, I'm at a inner city type of school that is very low income Luckily enough, our cafeteria provides me snacks like it's insane, dude. We get chocolate milks. We get apple juice, sunflower seeds, uh, craisins, applesauces. Like I have a buffet and I have a video on one of our Instagrams um, of just the buffet, like thanking the cafeteria. But like, I mean, I have kids like Isaiah, like they don't have access to food. If I don't give them snacks, like they can't eat. And it's so if you're saying like, I want a kid to gain weight. Yeah, I'm training him. But like he don't like a lot of our kids don't have parents. A lot of our kids are are living with their grandma. Like that's another reason for really drawing me to like staying at this school. The impact I'm making on these kids. Like when these kids show up in the morning, man, if I don't have a, a chocolate milk to give them, like 
they're not having breakfast, dude. So in college, you know, you're harping on kids like, oh, why are you eating Pop-Tarts? Why are you eating this? Now it's just like, dude, I just need you to get calories. Can you please just eat calories? Like I had two women's basketball players. They played a game uh, Thursday night, Friday lunch. I'm watching them. I, I check them at lunch. They're not eating lunch. Like, why aren't you eating lunch? They just don't have food. You know, so it's like I think the nutrition side and then I mean, obviously, we know college kids aren't sleeping. High school kids are not sleeping at all Um, and they just don't hydrate. So I I think, you know, the weight room, like like I said, I mean, I'm not snatching. We're not doing advanced stuff. I mean, I, I have I have I mean, I have a football kitty squatting 500. Like I've seen them pull 500. Like, so we're, we're pushing the envelope there, but I think it's the outside stuff, man. Um, but I mean, like Isaiah, I mean, we're preparing our kids, you know, like, I mean, I think spending some time at Air Force Academy and the movement prep that I learned there, uh, either it be the PVC pipe or just floor drills or just those type of injury prevention stuff. Like we're doing that every day, you know, like our warm up is consisting of movement prep with the pipe uh, movement thing, you know, so like our kids are prepared. Our, the amount of squats and lunges and push-ups and things that our kids are just doing in the warm-up, like we're, we're prepped, you know, uh, soft tissue injuries. We don't, we don't really see those uh, in our kids. So, I mean, we're, we're making sure they're ready. I'm not just putting them under the bar and saying, let's go, you know? So, um, so, I, you know, yeah, I think it'd be the outside stuff more, man. Um, and just supporting our kids. That's great to hear that. It sounds like you're doing everything right in the best way you can and, and trying to take care of the kids, which is the most important thing. Cause I have kids, man, like this is their end game. Like, mm. I mean, they're, they're not going to college. Like yeah. most of our kids are going to work at the plant. Like, you know, or what's cool is, you know, our, our, my high school is unique, man. Our principal is trying to make it like a college. So, we offer trades to kids. So we have carpentry, we have welding, we have uh, auto mechanic stuff. Um, we offer like CPR stuff for kids to go be like EMTs and that. So like we're offering trades to our kids. So for me, yeah, do we have some freak athletes? I know we're going to next level. Absolutely. But we have a lot of kids that aren't. So it's more than just like, you know, preparing them for the next level. I'm trying to prepare them for life you know, and teach them like clean up behind yourselves. Don't skip reps. If a kid's late, this is why we're doing the punishment. We call them happies. Um, so like, it's more of just providing the life skills for our kids and using the weight room as my avenue to do that. Um, which I think has changed based on my mindset from college. Cause you're preparing kids for their career. But like, dude, if, if our kids don't have us as mentors in my high school, like no telling where they're going to be at, man. Right. And I'm not at a private school, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's different. It's different. And and you've been, you know, a head strength coach and, and a, a director at the collegiate and at the high school for a while. But what would you say in your, in the, your previous work experience had best prepared you for the job you have now? I mean, I, I've moved around a lot. Um, so, I mean, I've been all across the country with maybe the exception of working on the West Coast. So I think uh, I've been very good at trying to to adapt to different cultures um, and, and be very open minded to things. Uh, 
you know, because moving from Louisiana to, to Boston, Massachusetts, man, was a big difference, you know. Uh, I've never seen snow before. I've never seen the subway system, you know, so those were different. But, like, I grew to love that. And then moving from there to a small town in Missouri um, where you're surrounded by cornfields where, like, there's like only a couple red lights, like that's different, you know? So, um, I think, you know, that, uh, meeting different people, meeting different cultures, uh, mentoring under different coaches, uh, you know, like, like, you know, Joe Quinlan, like he's a, we call him the band guy. So like, there's things that I learned from him that, that I could never have learned from another coach. There's things I learned from air force Academy, from coach Getty, Buck and drew that I, I could never learn, you know, um, even Kevin Cronin. So there's just, I think, just being around and, and talking to people and volunteering and interning and working for free and, and just those type of things. What has helped too is I'm back in my hometown. Um, so culturally, like this is what I grew up with. So I, I mean, I know how people talk. I know what people eat. I know the music they listen to. I know they're, the way they're going to respond to what you say, you know, like it's so like for me, this is, actually been one of the easiest jobs because I'm back in the culture that I grew up in. In college, what I started to realize was there's people from all around the world and they're all from different cultures. So there's a lot of culture clashing. And unless like people are willing to compromise and come to a common ground, it's very tough. Um, and I'm very, you know, I'm opinionated and I, you know, I know what I know and that's what I want to do. And so at the high school, it's been great because one, I've got along with all our coaches. They've been very open-minded to what I'm doing. And dude, they, they haven't questioned anything. Like they're just send their kids to me and they say, you know, whatever you're going to do, man, let's do it. And it's been, I've had coaches stand up to parents for me uh, here at the high school level, which has been great. So um, I just think my journey, man, and being back home has really prepared me for this. If I were to, you know, walk in and, and watch one of your lifts, what kind of culture would I see with you and your athletes? It's going to be now based on the team. Uh, football is very unique. We don't listen to music. So, and that's based on my head coach. Football is very business-like. We have one of the best uh, high school coaches in the state. Um, so he came on two years ago. And to be honest, man, he saved my career because uh, I didn't really know where I was going to do next. And uh, I got connected with him through a buddy of mine, Jared Myatt, who's at Texas Tech. Got to give him a shout out because he also saved my career. And uh, he got me in contact with this coach. And, you know, we came in and it's all business. Our kids show up. They know they're running around the weight room. We call it the black. That's our floor. So you have to jog on the black. Uh, I hang up a bus on the wall, a little printout legal sheet, and it's the loaf bus. And we write your name. If you're walking, you're on a loaf bus. And at the end of the workout, we have up downs for all the guys that were loafing. Um, so after every set, they're holding a one, two or three up. They're bringing energy, but the music isn't providing that energy. And that is very tough for a high school kid because if you ask anybody, how do you motivate your athletes? A lot of people want to say music um, because music does motivate kids and it motivates 15 year old kids a lot more. But what happens is they start dancing, laughing around and joking. And before you know it, you have safety issues or the work's not getting done. Um, now, for football, we have a lot of coaches right now. We're going offense, defense. So, I mean, I'm in a weight room 
I have anywhere from five to six coaches with me, only echoing what I say. Um, our head coach wants me to provide, which is is awesome, man. Uh, I provide the weight for the kids to lift every set, which isn't much different in college. Some coaches percentage, some coaches don't. But on our main lifts, squat, bench, clean, deadlift, I provide the weight that the kid's going to lift every set. I have coaches with sheets of paper, and they're yelling the weights off to the racks they're supervising, so I get to manage the room. So that's a lot different. You have our softball team come in, which is one of our best teams, man. They're super fun. Um like they're awesome. They come in, they're rolling their speaker, they're dancing, they're having fun. But when I blow the whistle, work's being done. So I kind of run it, I guess, militaristic, however you want to say it, but every set's blown on the whistle. We start together, we finish together. Um, when they finish their set, they can laugh and joke and have fun. But as soon as I say ready and I blow the whistle, you know, it's serious mode. So, so they're able to do that. Our soccer team just started working out. Uh, I'm letting them listen to music, but at the same time, I'm still teaching them. So the music isn't cranked up. It's not just me kind of walking around talking and doing that coaching. I'm really pinpointing certain things on kids. Um, our men's basketball team, they earn the music if they want it. Uh, so like, you know, like there's days where I, I tell them like our warm up setting the tone. And if you're not focused on our warm up, like you're not getting music that day. And to tell a, ba- a men's hoops team, you ain't getting music. That's a lot harder than a football team, man. Cause those kids want music. So you're going to see, you know, based on the team, different energy, who's providing it. Um, I'm always bringing the juice, man. Um, I just love to be in a weight room. So, uh, you know, our kids sometimes probably think I'm crazy. They're asking me how many bangs I drank today. Um, you know, and it's just like, I'm just ready to go. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's going to be based on really the sport team man. our, our coaches come to the workout, which is awesome. They're providing energy. Um, it's really, it's really a cool environment, man, to have your sport coaches at the workouts, every workout, helping you coach the kids, staying after asking you, hey, how, how did you do this? Or, you know, can you show me how to do that? I have our, some of our sport coaches working out in the weight room. Like, it's just, it's just a cool family environment, man. I've had parents, like, I left a football game the other night and a baseball kid's mom stopped me. Hey, you coach me, guys. Thanks for working with my kid. You know, it's a baseball kid, like. You know, so it's it's just it's cool, man. Our baseball team, they geek out. I think you would like that workout, Isaiah. Um, They're just a bunch of bros. And I'm not saying that in a negative like they're a bunch of bros. And if they could five days a week in a weight room, they would do it. Um, They're probably honestly one of our strongest teams on campus uh, overall. Uh, So when they're in there, man, they our baseball fields across campus. So I, they understand, like, you better jog. And if you're not jogging to the weight room, like, we're going to have repercussions. So they jog on over, man. They get there. I pull a speaker out, and, and they're just ready to work. Uh, all our baseball coaches come to that. Uh, I have our baseball coaches filming stuff, running drills for me and sending it to me, and I'm giving feedback. I'm sending them Instagram stuff. Like, um, it, it's cool. Last night my baseball coach was texting me some different drills, so, like, it's very uh, collaborative effort, which is which is awesome, man. That's great that you have uh, such buy-in with the coaches because they're essentially yeah. acting in the weight room as your assistant, as your assistants, making sure that they your eyes and ears when you and you can't be there. Hundred percent. And I mean, I have coaches like 
there's coaches upset that they can't get in the weight room more, you know, and it's just like there it's a new program, uh, you know, they never had a strength coach. So we're trying to develop it and, and, you know, kind of work some different things, but yeah, it, it's been, it's a lot of energy, man. And what I had to tell our kids the other day I had uh soccer in there and, you know, they were kind of frustrated. There was some girls that couldn't figure the things out and tell them like, this isn't a place where I want you to be upset. When you leave here, you need to have fun. Like, I'll, you know, when you go to the field, I don't know what's going to happen at practice or the game or, you know, at home with your homework. But when you come in here for that hour, it's going to be fun. Um, so, you know, but with that being said, I, two football kids yesterday in our JV workout clowning around. Kid was spotting another kid laughing and joking. He wasn't spotting what I felt was what I asked from him. So I kicked him out the weight room. I had to explain to the kid like, coach, why you kicked me out, man, like you're putting my career on the line. If that kid gets hurt severely because you were laughing during a spot, like I'm, I'm accountable for that. So, you know, he like, he finally understood. And it's like, as simple as telling a 15 year old kid, I got rent due next month. You're not going to jeopardize me paying my bills based on that bench press. You weren't focused. You don't belong in the weight room today. And, you know, and the kids, they're, they're starting to understand that, but they're 14, 15, 16 year old kids, you know? So there's a fine line of having fun and, and making sure we're getting the work done. Definitely. And the relationship with your, your head sport coach is something in, as a, you have been a head strength coach and been in, in the game, as long as you have, you just understand how important it is to have your head sport coach on your side. It, it really is, man. And I say I've, I've done a bad job at, getting head sport coaches on my side and I've done good jobs and reflecting back on my career. Like it's not hard for me to tell you the sport coaches that I probably should have put a little more effort in, uh, to building that relationship, uh, than what I did. And now like, you know, that I'm making a huge effort to that. And also on the same side, I mean, I think there's a lot of sport coaches that didn't make a huge effort to understand really what I was doing and understanding there's a lot of ways to get things done. And really it's the results. We can take different roads to get there, but are our kids healthy? Are we getting faster? Are we getting stronger? You know, are they eating? Are they hydrating? Are they mentally there? Like those are the things. And if you're doing that, you know, but yeah, no, it works both ways, man. That's why I say it just goes back to culture. And, and the biggest thing is I think I never, you always want the next job, man. You know, like you, you never, I mean, you are, but there's times where you're not content where you're at, meaning you're just working because you want, you know, I want the bigger job and a bigger job as a young strength coach. And I was told, you know, from Joe Quinlan, I'll never forget, make the big time where you are. Um, and I had another coach, one of my first coaches ever, Mike Holmes. He told me, hey, man, you got to turn the desert into Las Vegas. It doesn't matter where you're at. So like, which was cool, you know, so I always knew that in the back of my head, but you, you know, everybody like I'm from Louisiana, like, oh man, I want to be the head strength coach at LSU and you're working your way up there, whatever, you know, but like, sometimes it's not always about the next thing. It's just being content and enjoying your time with those coaches there and developing those relationships with the kids. Um, and I think now that's where I'm at in my career. Like I was division one strength coach. I'm at a football school. Um, and it, like, I didn't really have that inner satisfaction that I thought I would, uh, especially now that I have here at the high school with the coaches. Um, and I'm starting to realize when you're looking for your next job, man, you got to make sure the culture 
especially with the coaches you're working with matches. I'm a very accountable coach. I'm very firm on discipline and how we're running stuff. If we're supposed to be at a workout at seven o'clock, it's seven o'clock, not seven Oh one. And if there's coaches that are okay with kids coming at seven Oh one, like that's not the coach for me to work with because I would beat my head on the wall all day long. Our coach here, like you have to wear white socks to the football game. If you don't have white socks, there's repercussions. Like you're not dressing for that game. I've had coaches, we get on buses, they're wearing other schools gear. Like that doesn't like, it just, it frustrated me, you know? So like, I think where I'm at right now, all our coaches very are firm on accountability and discipline and, and not and there. I wouldn't say players coaches because we are, we have fun, but we're like holding our kids accountable. And, and it's really been perfect for me, man. If football kids come in late, I'm not the punisher. Our head coaches like, and he told me that from day one, man, I don't need you to punish kids. I don't need you to do any of that. I just need you to train kids. Like I've been at schools where I punish kids for missing class. Like that doesn't build a relationship with your student athletes when you're punishing them for missing class when you're punishing for showing up late to a workout when you're punishing for skipping reps when you're punishing for doing something else you know like now you're just the punisher dude and it's just negative 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 and uh which has been good here like if kids do things wrong the coaches take care of it i'm there to train our kids that's what i'm there to do um and it's really it's really been great man that's awesome that's great to hear and you had mentioned you know when you're working with with Joe Quinlan, what would be your one piece of advice to a younger strength coach or a a newer strength coach, somebody who's, you know, just maybe getting out of the first couple internships or somebody who's just wrapped up their graduate assistantship, what would one piece of advice you would give to that coach? You know, man, I've been thinking about that even for myself. And I guess with Corona, the big thing, you know, with our strength coaches, how are we going to adapt and survive? Um, and I really looked at a lot of things, man. I, I interviewed with like a, uh, a an app company that was doing a lot of like virtual training and you had an app and like talked to this guy for over an hour, very successful strength coach who left the, the industry. And to be honest, like the reason I, I did the interview is because I was shocked the guy left, but I, in the back end, he's adapting and surviving, you know? Um, so even for myself, like I started looking at private sector, I knew that wasn't for me. Um, just the energy and my personality, like it only fits for a weight room setting, um, not for a one-on-one setting. So I think the biggest thing now with the current state of our industry, strength, young strength coaches really got to understand like, is this something I want to get into and not trying to scare him away, but there's a lot of current strength coaches that don't even know where they're going to be at in six months, a year, two years, you know, our athletic department's really going to keep that position. So, you know, everyone's saying high school trending, trending, but I I really think I'm thankful how things worked out in my life, you know, the, to be let go at ACU and then be looking for a job and almost go private sector and then get an opportunity at high school, almost balk at the high school opportunity, but take it because my priorities changed to more personal life, not professional. And now Corona hits and I have job security, you know, where I have buddies in college that got furloughed. So like without that job security, 
I mean, my bills wouldn't have got paid. I might've had to find a different job in a different industry. So I think obviously maybe looking at high school, but also understanding like you might have to adapt and survive. And what is that? Like, you know, is that running a website? Is that writing books? Like, is that, I don't know. Like, so I think it's not, when we were younger, dude, there weren't strength coaches. So you went to grad school. If you had a master's degree, you were probably getting a job. Now everyone has a master's degree and it's based on, you know, other experience. So um, I wouldn't want to scare kids away from the industry because, I mean, that's my identity. Like when you start asking, what are you? Like, I'm a strength coach. Like, yeah, I'm other things, but like I'm a strength coach, man, you know? And uh, so there's other kids out there, I think, that feel the same way. Uh, and, trying to explain to my parents, man, they just, they just have trouble understanding. My stepdad says, dude, it's a disease. I think you have a disease of coaching and like, I don't want to do anything else, Isaiah. So I had to adapt and survive. I had to, you know, I paid, I had to pay money to play, man. I had to pay to get a high school teaching certification. I had to pay five grand. So like to pay five grand to, to go take a job was even more, I think, you know, like a mental thing, but I paid to play. And now, you know, the end game, I mean, I have a retirement plan. Uh, I have job security. You know, I get to do what I want. I'm one of the few full-time strength coaches in the state of Louisiana at high school level, have a facility bigger than what I ever had. Um, so I think, you know, maybe not balking at high school opportunities uh, for some of these young coaches, you know, and everybody like, I mean, if you want to be in a power five, let's be real. You got to intern at a power five. Like there's no way I'm going to get hired at Alabama as assistant unless I was at probably an SEC school or I have that network there. So like, if that's your dream, then that's your dream, man. That's the way you got to go. Um, but I don't think that's always the right dream. And I, I had the wrong dream at one time, man. I wanted to make money and I wanted to have the status of being at a big time school, you know, and I had to ask myself like, okay, if we win a national championship in football, like, what satisfaction is that going to bring me like maybe for a week, you know, but after that, like, it's still the same thing. So um, I think they really need to understand what their goals are. And if it's the right goal, um, you know, I, I mean, I had more fun at South Dakota mines, dude, working at a small D2 school. Now I did get there at like 5 AM and didn't leave the 8 PM. But like, I mean, dude, I have, I had so much fun at that school with those kids that like, and while I was there, it was like, oh, man, I'm at South Dakota Mines. Like, that's not a big school. Or like, I remember being at a conference and someone asked me where I was at. And they had like Alabama and Clemson. You know, you're in a van. You're riding from the airport. I'm in this van with a bunch of big time schools. Kids probably didn't know anything. I probably knew more than them, but I had South Dakota Mines. And I'm not going to lie, man. I was a little not embarrassed, but I was hesitant to say I'm at a D2 school in South Dakota and they'd never heard of it, you know, but our so I think I just had the wrong goal and, and now I have the right goal. And I think those young coaches really need to understand, you know, I'm back home too. So in order for me to get back home, I had to take a high school job, you know, so. Definitely. And, and how important is networking in the success of a, of a strength coach? So it is important networking with athletic directors and networking with sport coaches were really where I, I put my money in the bank because the athletic directors were the ones who were calling the other athletic director to get me that job. Or it was a sport coach recommending me to another sport coach at a school that was going to get me that next job. Now, if you wanted to be an assistant, which isn't bad, um, 
then you're networking with head strength coaches at that point. So that's kind of where I separated myself. Um, you know, my athletic director at South Dakota Mines, like he put in extremely good word for me. My senior women administrator, she spoke up highly for me and got me my job you know, at ACU, one of the athletic directors there at ACU, I had worked with, he was a basketball coach at Air Force. So like he knew me indirectly. So that kind of helped me there. The football coach, I had worked with them at Northwest Missouri State. So like it was sport coaches and athletic directors getting me my next job. So that's kind of the networking that I, I felt comfortable with. Definitely. If you could pick up the phone and call Brett McGez from five years ago, what would you tell him? (laughs) uh i maybe say uh put some more into like internship programs probably um but i i think some of that too was just based on like the schools i was at you're in charge of 14 teams you know like some locations it's hard to get interns you don't have money to pay, you know? So I think I would have liked to do a little bit better job at like putting back into some of the young coaches. Um, there are, you know, probably two or three that I think that I could really say, like I really put into. Um, but I think some of that was my situation. Uh, so that would be something too, I, I guess, giving back to the industry now that the older I am um, would have been probably more fun. Um, and <laughs> I don't know, being more content, at some of the places I was at, you know, um, but some of that Isaiah probably was like, I'm a city guy, you know, so living in Boston for seven years and then moving to places that are more rural or a uh, country, so to say, you know, they go from Boston to, to Missouri, then go to like Colorado Springs isn't big, but you're still Denver is a big city and then go to South Dakota. And then from there, go to like West Texas, you know, and now I'm in like Baton Rouge, the state, the capital of Louisiana. So it's just like I'm more content in cities um, where I can do more things. Um, so I think that had a lot to do with it, too, um, which I would tell young coaches, too, man. Like it's not all about the job. It's the location of the job, too. And I think I was blinded by that. Like I wanted the job, so I was willing to move. But like, are you happy living in that location? And, and I think that's a big thing. Absolutely. That's some great advice, coach. And, you know, what's next for Coach McGez? Like, what, what's something we can look forward to with what you got coming up? Honestly, man, I'm just looking forward to really developing the stuff that we have it here at Walker. Uh, I can say this is the first time in my career I've really never got on a job board and looked for another job or like even considered like, Hey, let me see what's out there. Uh, for the past two years, once I took the job here at Walker, uh, I really haven't looked back, man. I'm just kind of looking forward. So we're developing some of our social media, uh, just to make that's more just for our parents. Uh, so our parents can kind of see what our kids are doing. Uh, I'm Uh, I'm watching that too. Like there's, there's other people watching, seeing what you got. Yeah. So the funny part is like I, what I've done is I pay one of my students to run that for me. One, like it, it's a, one of our track girls, like, you know, I, I give her 20 bucks, 25 bucks every week or every two weeks, uh, send her the video so she can upload her one. So she can have some gas money to take some, some, something off my plate as well. Um, and she likes to edit them and do some stuff like that. So really developing our social media, uh, just to kind of let our community know, uh, what we're doing here at Walker, um, 
other thing, man, I would probably, I want to get involved in probably one of our, uh, the Louisiana High School Association. At every place I've been at, I've been involved with an SCA state uh, kind of advisory board. So now being in high school, that's something I want to get involved with. And then uh, just talking to our principal, Corona's kind of maybe put a, a curveball in it, but I wanted to host um, some type of clinic on campus this upcoming spring, kind of like we were doing in South Dakota, where I had you come out and speak. And just Baton Rouge is such a central location, uh, especially in the state of Louisiana, but also, excuse me, I mean, we have Arkansas, Mississippi, you know, uh, Alabama's not far. So it would be a, a pretty cool opportunity to just host some kind of strength and conditioning clinic um, here. We have the space um, the, to do it. So that's kind of the next thing I want to get involved with as well. That's awesome, Coach, and definitely keep posting stuff. I was watching and I was trying to figure out, I was like, who's recording this? Because I saw you in one of those videos. I was like, who did he have, like, sitting there holding a camera? So Yeah, man, so that's the, that's the good thing. Like, in college, you know, it was always a, a battle with me because you see these coaches posting these stuff, and, like, my first thought was, well, who's coaching the kid, you know? And, like, is it do I want to be behind the camera to put this on for a like – or do I want to make sure my kid's doing it correctly and I'm really reaffirming what's going on? So what I've been able to do is I get my sport coaches to film for me um, because we have so many in there. So uh, I'll have them film for me. Um, I don't have our, we don't, I don't allow phones. So even my injured kids, like they're still training. Like they know, like, don't come to me and say my arms hurt. I can't train today. Like you're doing something. Um, so it's mainly our sport coaches um, coming in or like a lot of our tug of war battles, which has been like something as simple as tug of war in a high school level, man. It's been like insane. All I'm really creating competition between all our teams. So uh, we yeah, really I, go. I had a quick question. Yeah. Quick question on that. Did the softball team really pull, the, like just drag the baseball so, team? So, the baseball team. I was looking at that. I was like, dude, so, what is so going on? They're very mad about this. So for every two guys, you get three girls. Okay. So I, okay. I, at first, we were going two girls to one guy, and it just wasn't fair. It was 20 softball girls to 10 baseball. So we wound up, you know, so we for like two weeks, man, they were so mad. Kids, like, wouldn't even talk to me. They were, like, talking trash to the softball team. Like, you must have thought they lost, like, the state championship, and the softball team right. jeopardized them for that. So yeah. we started switching it up. Well, softball has been – with sex, exception of football, I mean, football lists, but they've been the most committed to my program and it can show. So it's a pure strength thing. They call, they go around campus. They tell other teams, pull a rope out. We'll meet you. So they show up to other workouts like it's not even their workout. They just show up at the last five or 10 minutes and they'll call teams out. So uh, so they did. They they are undefeated with exception. They lost one time to the volleyball team and their second loss they had no idea. I snuck on the back of the rope for volleyball and we and they pulled. They won while I ran out of the video. So they didn't find out until they went home and zoomed in and saw that I was pulling on the rope. So uh, they're a little mad at me still on that. But like, yeah, man, something as simple as like tug of war. Like it seems so dumb. Like you've done it with football, like on like the offseason for competition. But like tug of war, man, like our kids are geeking out. They're competing. They're bonding as a team. And it's not even me anymore. Like, they just want to do it. We've done a pump pass kick uh, with baseball and basketball. Uh, I've done a chin-up challenge. We put – so I had softball and uh, women's hoops. Like, they go to their workout. Whatever rack you work out on, that's your rack. And we just see it's one versus one at the rack. 
Whoever can do the most chin-ups, that's one point for the team. Basketball beat softball, so they were so mad. Um, I've done jump mat, jump offs. Uh, we had baseball beat basketball. Uh, you can see I have a video of a baseball player uh, beating a basketball kid in a 20-yard sprint. Like, it, you're just trying to find things, man, and create competition. But also, like, our kids are starting to know each other, our athletes. Our baseball kids know our football kids. Our basketball kids know our softball kids. It's not just, like, clicked up, you know? Um, so we're building more of a community, so to say. Um, and I've had, I mean, I have workouts where it's basketball, baseball, and I had three softball girls in it. And like, we're all working out together. So we're just trying to build that, I guess, Walker High community, not to be cliche, but uh, we're trying to build that through the weight room, man, and and really use social media and, and get our parents involved. Uh, so it, it's been, it's been cool, man. It's been great. Yeah, it's been, been great to tune in and seeing some stuff. And I'm sending it to all my since uh, I was looking at it because I think uh, one of my interns, had challenged the softball team to like do tug of war against the, the strength staff. There's like five of us and there's 20 of them. I was like, those are grown individuals. They're going to drag us across this campus. I was like, it's like, sit down and be quiet. Like you're going <laughs> to, you're going to embarrass us right now. Um, and I, I, I sent it to him. I was like, see, I told you I was like softball Dude, <laughs> will drag teams across the floor. Well, our football team thought they were big and bad. We we're on the field where there's ROTC out there and we have a very good ROTC program, man. It's insane. And, uh, nice. okay. so they like, they wanted to challenge them and ROTC did not back down and they dragged those football kids and they were hoorahing on them. And it was just like, it was a very humbling moment for them, you know? Um, but it, it's been cool, man. Just the, the environment it's building on some simple game is like a tug of war or pump passing kick, you know? And it's stuff that like we get blinded by, like, it doesn't only have to be the dumbbells and the barbells and the bands and the kettlebells. Like there are other things that we can help develop these kids, you know, and it's just building some team unity. And I think we lack a lot of that, especially now there's so much divisive stuff in the, in the world, in our country that like, if there's anything you can do to bring some people together of different cultures and races and, and socioeconomic backgrounds, like that's what I'm trying to do. And, uh, you know, that's what's happening. Cause we have a lot of mix of kids here at Walker and, uh, whatever we can do to bring them together for that little hour, hour and a half. I have them. That's what we want to do. Absolutely. No, that that's great. And it's good to see that, uh, you know, all the, the culture and everything you got going on at yeah, Walker. Man. It's been, it's been, it's been really good to see that. And you now I wanted to thank you for being on the, on, on the podcast, knowing where you've been and, and where you're at and what you're doing. It, it's, it's good to see. And I, I really enjoy watching your, your path and, you know, thanks for coming on the the podcast and letting other coaches know, like, hey, because I've I've seen a lot of coaches that are going back to the high schools or, or trying to reinvent themselves, especially with with Corona here. And I think it's a good thing to see other coaches and and be like, yo, it's all right, you know, you'll be all right. Yeah, like, just yeah, just do it. Be happy. Just one day at a time, man. Mm -hmm. We just got to get through it, you know. For sure. So, um, but now, man, I appreciate it too, Isaiah. If, I just give a little shout out to at least some of the mentor coaches. Oh, heck yeah. Shout uh, out. Coach, shout uh, coach Darling, Coach Mike Holmes. They were my first strength coaches. Coach Mike, he actually first book I ever read was Super Training, um, which blow your mind, you know. Guy gives you super training. You don't really know what it is, and it's taken me years. Um, but definitely those guys, Joe Quinley, man, uh, gave me my GA, uh, let me work there. Uh, up there, Joel, 
uh, South Dakota Mines gave me one of my first full-time jobs, Buck Blackwood, uh, Drew, and Coach Getty at Air Force. Uh, one of my best friends, Kevin Cronin, man. Uh, if you don't know who Kevin Cronin is, you got to get to know Kevin Cronin. Uh, and then Coach Scott Caulfield also uh, gave me some opportunities, man. So, you not you, you know, you can't get to where you're at with, with the coaches that, that put you in those opportunities. So, um, I'm definitely thankful to those guys. And then thankful to Coach Myatt for uh, saving my career, man. And then Coach Mahaffey, our football coach. Um, so, again, Isaiah, thank you, man. Thank you to all those coaches. And uh, if anybody has questions, feel free to reach out to me. Yeah, real um, quick. I got a lot of time now. I'm in high school. Yeah, no, real quick. Yeah, can you uh, give uh, your social media handles a shout yeah, out? So, yeah. so it's just uh, Walker underscore sports underscore performance. Um, we just have an Instagram page. Uh, we have a Facebook, but I haven't really done much on that. Uh, but our Instagram page is where you can see some of the videos, uh, some of the stuff we're doing with our kids. Um, and then if you ever have questions, reach out. Uh, just let me know, man. There's some some cool things that we're really researching, uh, trying to get ahead of um, some different acceleration drills and that. So if you have questions, reach out. Some of our videos are unique, um, and I'm just stealing it from other coaches. You know, that's what we do. <laughs> that's, recycle that's, it. That's so, what we do. Yeah. No, I, so, I appreciate that, Coach, and, and thanks for everything you've done. Awesome, man. Have a great day. You too. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at on underscore athletics underscore west or email rkravitz at glambia.com.
Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.